and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, John St. Germain of JohnStGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic on troublesome neighbors and coworkers. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and call us into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat, Hi. Well, Papa Newt, after last week's show closing, I wondered if your voice would ever slow down to its normal Midwestern tempo. Yeah. I have to, I have to apologize. I have to apologize for that. I I somehow ran us over. I wasn't watching the clock, and um, and you had to go into you know warp speed. It was pretty crazy, man. <laughs> and then you, you know, went faster I, it, and faster. Your voice got higher and higher. I, I like, know. Whoa. But I did create. I did create the. Oh, that if we're we're about to the end of the time, it's like it's just the key point. That's it. We're good. So I got it to the point where it's like once we have that ever happen again, bam, we got it. <laughs> well, that probably was your fastest sprint time ever recorded. Um and uh and you were straining every nerve. I could I could hear it. Um so my apologies for running us over by I don't know, thirty seconds or forty seconds in radio. That's a lot, you know. That you don't just run over by thirty seconds and, and live to walk away from it, you know. Okay, but now you're back to your beautiful calmness, and that's so nice to hear. The soothing and dulcet tones of the Papa Newt we once knew and loved, and still love. So, how are things weather-wise? Um, I keep on, you know, reading about the dire horrors of the uh, storms all over the country. How are you guys holding out in Omaha, Nebraska? Uh, you know, it's it's cold, um, but then it got warm, and then it got cold again. Uh, we didn't get much snow as more like uh, East Central and Panhandle of Nebraska. Um, mm. So we're doing fine overall. Uh, it's just now back to being cold, and that's about it. Okay. Well, all right. That's good news. We had a, a very unusual weather phenomenon um, we had a, a temperature drop, which set new records, mm-hmm. but only for the day of the year that it was. We've had uh, often had colder weather in January and February, but it was it was quite a temperature drop, a lot of freezing, and then suddenly we got this. Um, and they were still having fires in Ventura County. I mean, it was like crazy. This temperature yeah. drops, fires are still burning, and then 
we had this um, giant water dump. It's like they just like the giant helicopter of God that had the water sling, you know, just ploop, mm-hmm. dumped it on us. And uh, the water came down so fast and so hard. Um, it took out um, the canopy we had over our uh, missionary independent uh, spiritual church candles. Blah! That was that. And um, and then leaving poor Althea Anderson, <laughs> our our church deacon, to sit there and take paper towels and wipe out all the candles and relight them because the canopy came down, and just it was mm. it was um, an exotic storm. Um, that was followed by more cold, and then by a now what we have what I would call California winter. We now have this steady drip, 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 which we know and love, <laughs> and that's. <laughs> So we're doing okay. We're dry. All, all is well. And in the middle of the drip, 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 I just have to say, those of you who possibly follow me on Facebook, and by the way, you can find me on Facebook, Catherine Ironwood, that's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, Y-R-O-N-W-O-D-E. I'm the only Catherine Ironwood on Facebook. Um and you want me with the green dress. You don't want the blue dress. That's just a fan page about me. You want the green dress. That's me. Anyway, if you follow me on Facebook, you'll find out that I had the big announcement um, yesterday. The new Quarterson Mission Oak bookcases have arrived. They will make a difference. More bookcases to follow, we hope. And yes, we got... <laughs> We got two beautiful Quartersan missions. Actually, to be technical, one of them is prairie style. The other one is mission style. But but only connoisseurs even know the difference. And you know that you can mix and match prairie style and mission style. It's okay. Um, And they're gorgeous. And, um, yeah, but now we we, by by moving the bookcases around, this is like the the infinite game of, you know the 15 puzzle where you have the little 15 things, but there's 16 little Mm -hmm. slots? Yeah, Yeah, well... We actually were able to fit in two new bookcases and make room for two more bookcases. So the house was not completely filled with bookcases. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, think about that for a moment. You guys know me. There was actually, I'm looking right now in my office, I'm looking at a wall about eight feet wide with no bookcases on it. Oh, wow. So... So, hey, so that means, well, you see, you guys don't know what my world looks like, but I will describe it for just a moment here. One, two, <laughs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. There are twenty-three stacks of books on my floor. These are stacks that are more or less by topic, you know, like all different editions of Black and White Magic of Marie Laveau because I forgot to put them back after I did the edited version of Genuine Black and White Magic of Marie Laveau. I forgot to put them all back, so there's a stack. And then there's another stack here, which is just called Ethnography. That's just ethnography oh, books, right? There's an Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another stack here <laughs> called Classical Antiquity. These are spells and magic of classical antiquity. Then there's another stack that has no name, but I know from looking at it, it's all the works of Professor Alfred Francis Seward, an astrologer, and so forth and so on. There's 23 of these stacks. Um, each stack is would fill a banker's box, basically. So... Um, Obviously, I need more bookcases because I can't even walk around in all these stacks. 
Literally, they're <laughs> stacks. It's like in the library. These are stacks. And, um, of course, bookcases. If you want pretty bookcases, they cost hundreds of dollars. And you have to think, do I love these books enough to give them a beautiful box to sit in? Rather than a banker's box, they get a beautiful wooden box. Ah, but a really quarter-sawn oak. And, and it should be prairie-style or mission-style with hardware and all that goodness and glass in the front. Do I love those books that much? Which leads me to, I will soon be divesting myself of a whole bunch of crummy paperbacks. So stay tuned, okay? Stay tuned because I don't need all these freaking crummy paperbacks from the 80s and 90s that are just um, reprints of beautiful leather-bound books and cloth-bound books of the 1920s. Why was I getting these crummy paperback reprints? Because I was writing bibliographies and I had to have all the different editions, right? Uh. So I'm getting for Christmas or Hanukkah or New Year's. I, anyway, my winter celebration gift is a scanner. A, a, not a, it's a flatbed scanner, but it's got a little, little hinge and you can photograph books mm-hmm. and all of the bibliographies are going to have pictures and when the pictures are done the ugly paperbacks with the white spines or those cyan blue spines or those orange spines they're going away because they don't deserve to be in my beautiful oak bookcases <laughs> that's the news that's from Forestville <laughs> <laughs> I know I know I just you all like what was that about no. well that's what happened no no you know? Uh, the funny thing is, is I, I'm not doing that. I'm actually I'm sitting here good nodding because I completely understand what you're talking about. It's the same thing I over here. I'm like, I'm like, when you said stack, you went ethnography. Like, uh huh. I exact. I know exactly what she's talking about because I have the same. Yeah. So all of the ugly paperback reprints with those horrible fonts that they used. Oh, those nasty fonts, red with white inline on a white background with some horrible, crudely drawn, oh, God, I hate them. And they're really beautiful yeah. books that I, ha- I have the first edition of, of course. You know, why would I want this thing? Just so I could frickin' write up the, bibli- the annotated bibliography. So I'm going to be opening um, a, a little corner of my world to get rid of books. <laughs> And um, I don't intend to make money off them. I just got to get rid of them because there's only room for, well, two more bookcases probably. Mm. But and you can't fit 23 banker's boxes into two more bookcases, right? It's a problem. So there we go. All right. And how are you, Ollie? Yeah. I said that was the problem of a bibliophile. Yeah, yeah. Well, I need to buy another house is what I need. Um, oh, Papa G what? wrote in the hi Papa G in the in the chat room. Papa G wrote, "I've only got six stacks of books on my office floor. I feel like such a rookie." <laughs> yeah, wait till you're in your seventies, Papa G, and you will have twenty three stacks. Actually, as of last night, I had twenty four. I'm down to twenty three. One whole banker's box went into one of the bookcases already. Yeah, um, yeah, bookcase Tetris is. <laughs> Okay, uh, so how are things with you, Ali? Things are things are doing quite well. What's interesting is that uh, I was this week very much going through my stacks uh, of books as well, um, but mine is far less organized than yours. You've got st- mine somehow ends up in piles of. Well, I'm in the middle of reading this, so there's this pile next to my bed, which is my current reading pile, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, I have that. Too. 
Okay, then, yeah, just two dozen books that I'm like, I'm currently reading, but they don't follow any one particular theme. Uh, so when you were talking about your Saxon book, I was, I was just nodding along, going, oh, my God, that's, that's very similar to what I'm experiencing right now. Um, it's, been, it's been a great uh, – the weather, subtracting the weather, it's crazy out there. I think someone was talking about how the, uh, they call it a bomb cyclone, with this kind of temperatures yeah. and the weird weather you were talking about. And it is really kind of across the, the nation. Uh, you really are seeing these kind of weird – fluctuations it's like the last you know 2019 you know the last year of the decade is giving us a good punch before it before we start 2020 um it, but it's other than that it's been it's been quite fantastic i am starting to get uh a lot of clients we talked about peaceful homework last week and like it triggered something Suddenly, I got the kind of influx this past week of everyone asking for uh, peaceful homework and, and, hey, can you help me ensure that the holidays are friendly and safe and uh, peaceful and that we're all going to get together without any problems? Can you make sure my crazy uncle doesn't show up? So a lot of really family-oriented work has started, and that always happens around November, December. So I've just been enjoying that type of work that we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's always good stuff. I just got to give another shout out to the chat room. We got a lot of crazy people here in the chat room, just like us. Um, Doctor Sweet said I use concrete square blocks and fence boards, and I said that's you know I used to do it in the seventies, but after my first Saturn return, I went to wooden bookcases. Um, Covet Gift Two says books hidden in drawers and stacked, and I use um, drawers for ephemera. Like if I were to open the mm. drawer at the right of my desk here, I have you know that big deep drawer that's a file drawer that many desks have. It's completely yeah. filled with beautiful small tin boxes inside of which are complete runs of the fortune-telling cards that come from fortune-telling machines like the Esmeralda and the Zoltar and so forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, so I have thousands of these fortune-telling cards in pretty boxes in drawers. What am I going to do with them, I wonder? Hmm, stay tuned. If there are enough hours in the day, enough days in the week, enough weeks in the month, and enough months in the year, and enough years in my life, we will hear more about that collection of thousands Ooh. of fortune-telling cards at some later date. <laughs> and um, I have plans. I have plans. Yeah, nobody, uh, well, just nobody's ever done a comprehensive documentation of them well you know they're just things that you got at disneyland or you got them at the winchester mystery house no 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 there's method there and there's some author and these exist someday (laughs) papa g says (laughs) new wallpaper well that would be interesting but yes but shiva knows me better and says catalog and capture images and put data online (laughs) well being cat ironwood being cat ironwood i want to um have them all retypeset and put them on cards and give them away to people who purchase Lucky Mojo products. Oh, how cool. How cool, right? I mean, thousands yeah. of them, thousands of them, you'll never, just boom, there's yours. I you totally got one. Do. I totally dig that. <laughs> yeah, it's a project. It's a definite project. All right, well, that's enough um, raving. Um, paper, books, oh, and some idiot, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I take that all back. Somebody who didn't know me very well had the 
foolishness, that was another word there, had the foolishness to ask in the Lucky Mojo forum if I would please PDF my book, paper, and my shoe and send them a PDF. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they got the rave about paper. Um, just, you know, <laughs> paper. It's about paper, folks. Okay. <laughs> I was kind, more or less, to them. I just said, more, no, more not on your fucking life. <laughs> All I'm right, not well, a fan of e-books and PDFs myself, to be honest with you. Ah, fuck PDFs. All right. Um, yeah. Because why? Why would you want them? You know, it's why. So today we have a topic, how to get rid of troublesome neighbors. And in my case, maybe getting rid of a troublesome customer. I don't know. I may have overstepped my bounds there. Um, uh how to get rid of and how to deal with troublesome neighbors and coworkers. This is a topic mm. that um, is going to be of great interest to us all, and we're going to bring on our good friend, John St. Germain, to discuss that topic. But first, let's catch up with him and see what he's up to. So, John, how are things in your world? Oh, things are good, uh, Miss Cat. Um, you uh, you piqued my interest talking about books. Uh, I have a lot of books. Um, you know, someone say too many books, but you can't have too many books. You know, I collect um, mm. first edition um, books that are illustrated by the Brandywine artists, Howard Powell, oh, yes. Wyatt, John Waterhouse. I love those. And um, yes. if, you, if you ever saw my art, you can see how desperately I wanted to be a Brandywine style illustrator when I was a youth. But I didn't have the talent. I'm I'm not an artist. I'm an engineer, and uh, <laughs> I'm a good draft. I'm a good draftsman, but I don't have the uh, the madness, the artistic madness <laughs> that you have to have. I can't let go of the control. Um, I can draw something that's put before me, but you see that it lacks um, fire. Um, <laughs> and um, you, you know, I, I can draw something, and you, you know, oh, that's a good drawing, but it doesn't have that fire that a, a true artist has. And uh, I've always been sad about that. Um, I, I think about it too much when I draw. And uh, when you look at uh, Howard Pyle, N.C. Wyeth, John Waterhouse, uh, uh, those drawings just mm-hmm. come to life, and they're so beautiful. And I take those books down occasionally, and I look at these drawings, and I just go, oh, my goodness. And uh, uh, it's just a whole other world. Uh, the Howard Pyle you know, book of pirates, I, they're I, so beautiful. I have to say, I, I, have to say I, I don't envy, but I I I listen with a slightly heavy heart to that collection. In in my third divorce, I lost all of my N.C. Wyeth and and Brandywine artists pile all of them as part of the breakup deal in which I kept the house. Oh my goodness! And yeah, and by but I I lost all the Maxville Parish prints, everything. And we, it was a very large collection of two dedicated collectors. He got those, and I, I'm sure he kept them well and is is enjoying them. But I never got them again, and I also didn't at the by that time you couldn't pick them up in a Goodwill store anymore, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I've thought mm. about buying them, but I focused instead on the the collecting the old occult and and um, uh, you know spiritual books instead but I, right. I I love those books I love them so much they're a, a constant inspiration to me and you know uh, people in the comic book world often draw just in line art but some of the people who really understood that style of art um had a huge impression on me 
uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, for instance, really understands that stuff. And somebody else was very influenced by them was Rick Griffin, the psychedelic poster artist. Um, anyway, what can I say? Sure. Sure, it was well, shared. Steve Ditko, share, I had no idea me. you had that interest. So oh, interesting how Steve we Ditko. have these shared things, you know. Uh, oh yes, the more well, Steve we... Ditko seemed to me like the oh yeah influenced by uh, Brandywine artists. Uh, yes, that he painted uh, pen and ink, obviously. Um, yeah, uh, those wash uh, like he did for Creepy and Eerie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was mesmerized by those, um, and uh, there's. Um, obvious influence of Steve Ditko on some of my mm-hmm. stuff too. I had a book report to do one time and I did it on um uh the thing at the doorstep by H P Lovecraft and I did it as a graphic comic and uh, I still have it and I turned it in and my uh, English teacher gave me an A plus on it with a comment, the product of a disturbed mind. <laughs> but, uh, but I think on my Facebook I have a page from it. I got uh, there's a corpse looking at his hand and if you look at that you go, oh my goodness, that is so influenced by Steve Ditko. Yeah, um, Ditko, yeah, right, and, uh, right. And but you know, but in those days, those people had those books. Those were not expensive books. The ones with the you know with the beautiful tip-on plate on the cover and the. Mm-hmm. Stamp, you know what I'm talking about. They were just well, really Frank nice. Frizetta. Frank Frizetta is another one who was influenced by yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and yes. Covet uh, Gift 2 says in the chat room, I have tons of reprints from Green Tiger Press. Indeed, those are very, very good. All right, we better get to our topic. Now, I guess our topic, uh, Nagashiva in the chat says maybe our topic is books in hoodoo, but um, actually <laughs> our topic is how to get rid of these these bad neighbors. And let's just say for a minute, any neighbor who has no books in their house should go. Okay, it's number one. <laughs> With them, they go. <laughs> I've had people come to my house who are my neighbors, and literally walk in my house, and they go, "Why do you have so many books in here?" And I'm like, "Well, oh, we're not going to be friends." Or, you know? or, or have you have you read all of these? Have you read all of those? <laughs> yes, I, and Harlan Ellison always had the best answer for that. Do you know what Harlan Ellison used to say? Of course not, mm. because if I'd read them all and I woke up at 2 in the morning with insomnia, what would I have to read? <laughs> I, I figured Harlan Ellison would have said, F you. <laughs> yeah, no, that, was, that was his answer. <laughs> what a great guy right. he was. I loved him. Yeah, he was a fun dude. All right, so let's talk about um, uh, bad neighbors, bad coworkers. I'm going to okay. just introduce this just briefly and turn it over to you. So first thing we have to say is um, – if you look at the pictures that Nagashiva put up, he put up gingerbread cookie people, hot foot powder, and stop gossip candle label, which is a great combination. Gossip on the job is always a problem. Just today, I, I do one reading on um, Sunday per month for a, a young woman I've read for forever and her mother before her, and she's just finishing her Saturn return, and man, she just called me up and she's like, this woman said F you to me in front of the customers in the grocery store that where they both work, at, you know, as um, people in the, in the store. Um, and what am I going to do? We had to have a meeting with the manager, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you got to stop that. you got to put a stop to on-site gossip. You've got to put a stop to people mm-hmm. who are disrupting the ambiance in public or in private. And this is a, a kind of way we have to work. The other thing are neighbors, and they're a little harder to dislodge than coworkers. I'm going to speak from my experience. If neighbors yeah. own a home, you have to do a lot. You really need a crowbar to pry them out. Whereas you can, it's easier to make um, 
uncooperative and troublesome coworkers implode in front of a manager and you know and you can it'll it'll take care of itself but as my my comments on this they they are related because in both cases we are past the point of patience this is after mm-hmm. after yes. we did the honey jar after we brought the gingerbread cookies well maybe we have the that's why the gingerbread cookies are here um but we we want to now deal with them more directly, okay? So let me turn mm-hmm. this over to you, John. Tell me what you have to say about this. Well, uh, a lot of times, you're right, it has gone past that point. And uh, uh, here's some of the problem. When we manifest our perfect home, we say, oh, here's what I want in the house. We neglect to manifest the perfect neighbor. Mm-hmm. We don't extend the radius of our manifestation to the neighborhood. And um, I'll, I'll tell you some very clever clues. Um, if you go into a neighborhood and there's a lot of runners and joggers, probably the property values are going to go up. Mm. If you go into an, um, this is a, some, uh, something I've heard from realtors, and a lot mm-hmm. of times they will um, hire people to uh, jog and run around in a neighborhood to make you think the property value is good. Go buy it nine times. Yeah, they will. They'll go by and say, and then you know they'll they'll say, oh yeah, this house is uh, you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then you you move in and you realize that the neighbors got their house for about half that. Um, mm-hmm. So go by go by at night and listen for gunshots and things, you know, gunfire. And I'll t- I'll tell you that um, I used to hear uh, gunshots about twice a week in a neighborhood I lived in, and I, I went investigated at night and it turned out it was the neighbor down the street he'd go out in his yard mm-hmm. and discharge his gun and i said mm. what are you doing man he said oh well, i don't want the property value to go up so i go up i, I go out and shoot oh my, my gun God. so people think it's a bad neighborhood so um uh, was he a good neighbor or a bad neighbor you know because everybody <laughs> thought that it was a crime-ridden neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, and, he's a crazy yeah. neighbor is what he he's a crazy neighbor <laughs> I, had a, I also had a neighbor in west knoxville that uh Occasionally, he had a cannon in his backyard, like you know, like Admiral Boom from Mary Poppins, and he'd shoot that cannon <laughs> off. On he'd get drunk and go out and fire the cannon. Um, the Fourth of July, it was all night long. So, um, uh, you know, what what is a bad neighbor? Um, uh, and you, you know, easily about half of the people that call me start off with, "I'm having problems with a coworker," or "I'm having problems with a neighbor." And um, um, so, what what are you dealing with? Um, and and usually it does get to the point when they call us that they they're, they're ready to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And um, so sometimes on the job though, um, do you ever get it when they say everybody that oh, my yeah. job is evil? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's usually a sign you're in the wrong place. You know, mm-hmm. if, if everybody is telling you to leave, then that's usually a sign that you're in the wrong place. They're 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 doing you a favor. They're saying you don't belong here. You know, I got to say something about that, everybody, because first of all, I also inspect the person who said it. There was an old um, thing in Usenet where people would um, read, uh, you know, a Usenet news group, but they wouldn't post, and they were called lurkers. And there was a um, a song that was written called "The Lurkers Support Me" in an email, and it goes, "The lurkers support me in email. The lurkers support me. I know." And it goes on to the tune of "My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean," and it was all about the person who claims that the lurkers support them. And this was a huge learning uh, thing for me because I believed it. When someone says, everybody hates you, everybody says this about you, and I would 
I when I began to think about the lurkers in email, they were so distant that I could say to my coworker to the face, bring them here and let them say it. Because otherwise, mm. it's just the lurkers support you in email. It could well be, yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, the story, too, uh, that when you talk to someone for a little while, you realize whether or not this is true. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the story of Buddha's dog. You know, he, he told the monks, he said, watch this dog over there. The dog had a terrible case of mange. He'd go lay in the grass, and he'd get him lay in the dirt. He'd go lay on the rocks. He'd go lay in the mud. And Buddha said, he's looking for a place where the itch isn't. <laughs> Which, when I read that story when I was a younger man, I, I had to put the, the book of Sudas down and just mm-hmm. stare at the wall for a long time. This has just changed my entire life. I said, mm-hmm. How many people are looking for the place where the itch isn't? And so, how many times has this person been on a job where everybody hated them? So, this is what you have to is it a bad neighbor? Right? Mm-hmm. There are no haunted houses. There are haunted people, they say. So, uh, are mm-hmm. you taking the ghost with you? And mm-hmm. so, how much of this is projection? And these are some of the things we have to um, determine as uh, psychic counselors or uh, are, are we trying to cure a problem mm-hmm. that, uh, you, know, you know, are we trying to hot foot a neighbor that mm-hmm. really? Is it doing anything more than mowing their yard or uh, walking their dog? So um, uh, this, these, we have to practice discretion here. Uh, what mm-hmm. is a bad neighbor? You know, mm-hmm. maybe the bad neighbor is our client. Uh, so, <laughs> <You're telling me. laughs> yeah. So um, um, this is um, this is why I, I get to know them first. Uh, so mm-hmm. Someone called me and says, I, "I want to kill my client. I want to put him in a mirror box, you know, with a scorpion and bury him in a mm-hmm. graveyard and kill them right off the bat." They lead with that. Uh, it's like, "Well, tell, tell, let's talk a little bit. What, what's going on here?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's certainly an interesting thing. But in these days of security cameras, you know, there has been a big change in my life, yes. during the course of my lifetime, in how many um, stories can be borne out with a security camera. I'm going to tell you one story yes. of a lady, and I believe you know the lady I'm going to be talking about, John, but we weren't going to call her name. I know she who had you're talking a, about. You knew, you knew who I was going to talk about, right. She has yes. a, a neighbor who has poked holes through the fence or come through the fence with Roundup, which is a plant-killing, you know, poison, oh, and oh, sprayed... Yeah. It's a people-killing people poison. Too. That's true, and it kills the animals, too. And has sprayed her plants to kill them. And so she put up security cameras, and she said, you can see on the security cameras, the nozzle comes through the fence, spray, spray, spray. You can see it, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, if in the old days I would say, well, are you sure? Is it Roundup? You know, she didn't even, you know, it's like, what is it? Now with security cameras, the first thing I tell my clients is, if there's a border dispute, put up some security cameras. Just stop, start mm-hmm. with that. And um, because that's going to be more of your friend than even than preying on it and hoping that I draw some cards that prove it's your neighbor. Get the security cameras. Then come to me for the magic spells. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And also, my, my first line of defense on something like this, if it's a, if there's hostility, is a, have you tried a honey jar? Have you tried sugar mm-hmm. spells? Have you tried just to ease whatever hostility is there? Uh, what's mm-hmm. the dispute over? Um, you know, have you tried reaching out the olive branch? And uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
And, um, you know, have you tried this on the coworkers? Have you tried these things? Have you tried diffusing the situation? And, um, and this is my second litmus test. If there's, oh, I'm not interested in that. I just want, it's like, okay. You know, then this is somebody mm -hmm. who, who's enjoying the drama. You know, they want to mm -hmm. fight. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I will tell you, my mother was like that. My mother loved mm -hmm. to fight. And if my mother told you, she said, oh, my God, I know Joanna here. She's the best woman. She's just, the, we, we just get along. I, I, my brother and I would look at each other, okay, you know, two weeks from now, Joanna's going to be the biggest bitch you ever met, and my mom hates her. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was, she was that personality. And, uh, you know, she, she's going to go after her with a rusty axe or something. So mm -hmm. um, if somebody leads with that, you know, well, what what this person do? Oh, well, and then it's vague. It's vague what mm -hmm. they did. Um, so, um, you know, just as a worker, but let's say you do have a problem. You know, you do. You have a neighbor whose uh, their dog is pooping on your yard and they're, they're not cleaning it up or they're, um, um, uh, they are spreading rumors about you. Um, uh, what do you do? Well, I believe in laying tricks. I'm very sneaky. Um, suppose mm -hmm. they smile, they smile at your face, you know, and then but then they're talking about you behind the back. Um, um, I love the double cross. I love the mm -hmm. double cross. Uh, mm -hmm. And and people who um, bring stuff, people who bring in their own destruction, that's twice as strong. So what mm -hmm. I like to do a lot of times um, is uh, give them a present. Mm -hmm. Give them a gift and say, um, you know, let's bury the hatchet here. I want to give you a gift. Here's two tickets to a ball game. But you load that mm -hmm. ticket up with double cross, with hot foot, et cetera, and, um, and do it to it. Or you give them a basket, like pine cones. Mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. give them a basket of pine cones and potpourri and just soak it. Soak it with stuff. Soak it with mm -hmm. uh, 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 banishing. Soak it with hot foot. Soak it with double cross. Soak it with... Um, uh, Essence of bend over, uh, do as I say, you know, whatever, and uh, uh, give it to them, and, and uh, you know, put some stuff on that smells. You and say, you know, here's a little holiday basket for you to keep, um, and you know, they'll smell it, you know, and um, mm -hmm. and you've you've loaded it down with all kinds of stuff. Or um, if, if you have money, say, uh, here's two tickets to a cabin out of town, and while you're gone, I'll clean your house for you. <laughs> and then you go in their house and, and load it up. In every corner, load it up. Mm -hmm. and well, leave that's, them a, some that's a good one. Is cleaning people's house or getting into people's house is nowadays sometimes safer than trying to sneak around their house because of these security cameras. You actually sometimes do need to actually get up on their porch and say hi uh, to, yeah. to lay mm. something down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. If what you do go, you have you to say, Ollie? Because uh, Ollie's sitting out here in the corner, and I want him to speak up a little bit about this. Yeah, I've been wait I've been waiting to jump in. I think uh, one two things that are important here is that uh, when it comes to work situation, often you're walking into a situation in which uh, the people have already bonded, and so you're kind of an outsider, mm -hmm. especially if you've just arrived at a job, and that can always be a little tricky to break into. So I always tell clients is before you start hot footing people, see if you can change the dynamics of something. More often than not, more than a hot foot, you can sprinkle about peace water, and that can shift things a bit. But once you're unable to do so, once you've gotten to the point where it's like, no, these people are working against me, they're hurting my job, they're hurting my money, then you can move towards hot foot. My favorite is to actually impact or work on that person's work area. Their work mm -hmm. area is their little home, their little space. If you can unsettle that, 
you can turn things around and get them out of the job really easily. So I generally uh, take hot foot, mix it with a little bit of dirt, uh, sprinkle that uh, where they're going to be sitting. Uh, you can rub it right into the carpets. You can even hide things within their desk. So you can take, for example, um, a little pinch of hot foot powder with dirt and place it literally in a drawer. You just lift something up, sprinkle a little bit of it. They won't even, I mean, don't leave a whole pile of dirt, but just a little bit uh, in, in a drawer can work wonders. Or if they have a plant, bury it in the plant uh, on their desk. This is a way of unsettling their home space at work and driving them out. It's a little bit harder with neighbors because they're rooted more. But you can mm-hmm. do it. You just have to make them uncomfortable in their own home. The house has to no longer feel like a home. So you attack the home itself, not just them. Not just lay out hot foot powder, but make the, the berry stuff in their yard, throw eggs over the uh, house itself. You have to turn the property on its head. And if you can do that, then you can get your neighbors to move out. So you mentioned eggs, and I'm going to quickly jump in with what we're talking about are fixed eggs here. Uh, um, And so these would be fixed by taking a knife point and then just puncturing the end of the egg and then putting in some graveyard dirt, some red pepper, maybe some black pepper. Some people will write the names of the people all over the egg, um, but then, of course, they can read it. So you want to be careful on that, and you want to throw that. It it looks like egging the house, and you can do it during Halloween, but you actually are egging their house with a fixed hot-foot egg. Wow, we could have gone on for a lot longer. We ended up talking about books half the time. So I'm going to invite um, John. I'm going to invite you back. We're going to do a part two, uh, maybe uh, early next year. Is that okay? That's good. I have more stuff. Uh, sure, and I do too. And I shouldn't have <laughs> talked about books forever. I'm so sorry. Um, um, but uh, there's a million things here to talk about. But now we do have some clients, and um, we're going to be doing two readings, and we're going to give this over to Papa Newt, who will bring on our clients. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ali, and this week's special guest, John St. Germain, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home contra remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is a return caller uh, calling in from area code 213 in California. This is Justin. Justin, are you there? Yes. Hello, everyone. How are you all this evening? (laughs) Hello. Doing all right here. Um, Now, I see that you were on the show previously back on uh, October 20th of this year. Yes, sir. and you're returning to uh, uh, focus on another aspect of, of your life. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. And we did have to make some modifications to your description just for on-air readability. Um, okay. And just to write, 
regarding the previous aspect, I I trust that everything will be uh, will be working in my favor. I would like to focus on my future and bring about positive aspects. Um, I have an opportunity with a career at PlayStation. But this is definitely a game changer, and I've already gone through the interview. Um, and that's about it. Turn it back to you, Ms. Kat. Okay. All right. Um, so, um, hi, Justin. Nice to hear hey. your voice. Um, so, you you said here you have an opportunity with a career at PlayStation. Um, I'm going to ask a couple of questions, Justin. Um, how old are you approximately? 35. 35, okay. And yes. what sign of the zodiac are you? Capricorn. Capricorn, all right. So at the age of 35, uh, Capricorn is looking for a place to land, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And is also going to be very much focused on the future, um, the career. And that, so this is a, a good thing. The only problem with it is, of course, that PlayStation is going to run through younger and younger employees unless you can quickly move up into being a director of those employees. Because like many companies that produces products for the young, these companies believe that only the young can design the future products. But this is what this is, leads to new trends in sociology and all of that. I mean, it's not a bad thought, but it also does lead to a kind of continual loss or amnesia um, about society and culture. Culture d- disappears when only the young run the culture. So there's a there's a point where you can become a value, but and but there's also a point when as a 50-year-old or 45-year-old, your value will be diminished to them because of the kind of product they're making. Does that make sense? I'm sure someone has given you that little talk at some point, right? It does. It does. All right. So I'm just throwing that out there before I actually do a reading because um, age is a real issue um, in the workforce these days. But... Let's talk about you want to keep success, prosperity, and protection in mind. You want this job, and um, you've already gone to the interview and uh, and want to focus on this. And you, well, let's just throw down three cards and see where things are going, okay? okay? Okay. Card number one is a a very good card. Uh, it's called the Seeker or the Geometer. It's a page of wands. This is a young person embarking <clears throat> on discovery of new areas of life moving forward, um, having some uh, accreditation or um, some previous experiences resulted in a reward, feather in their cap, we call it, it's what the picture shows, um, sighting the stars, moving upward, wanting to actually go forward. It's a very, very good card of exploring a new um, place, a new, but it's not a money card just have to say that for you in some ways it's about success and prosperity but also for you there's an issue here with wanting to be recognized and wanting to be somebody who has um i'm not going to say celebrity or fame but you want to be recognized for who you are and what you do is that correct (laughs) yes ma'am Yeah. You, you just do not know how long I've had this on my visit board, and a lot of people told me I couldn't do it. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And, they told you, me I couldn't do it or I wouldn't. Yeah, no, you can and you will because what what is really it, you are aiming high. This is what this card is about. You're aiming high. And if it's not if it's not at PlayStation, it's going to be somewhere because this card shows that you have what it takes to uh, keep going until you reach that peak, until you reach that level that you want to. Very, very good card for that. Um, the next card is a card that tells me that you have to deal with, unfortunately, uh, what I would call corporate capitalism, it, this card is the Six of Pentacles, and it shows a, a merchant, um, somebody who's dressed in fur-trimmed robes with a big fancy hat on. Kneeling in front of him are two beggars dressed in literal rags, blankets that are torn and just they're in rags. And this merchant has a big um, balance beam scale, like they're going to be weighing out gold or something. And they have these coins, six coins, and they're going to be distributing them to the um, beggars but they're not going to distribute them fairly. And we can tell that because although there are six coins available, the guy is dropping four coins into the hand of one beggar, and he's holding back two. So either he's going to drop the four and say, you guys split it, or he's going to give one four and one two, and he's going to hold back you know, two, or he's going to distribute them unequally. There's no way that this guy can distribute six coins equally if he gives four to the first beggar. So when we look at this card, we always say, all the the hope and begging that you may do, this corporate company is going to kind of run you through the mill a little. If you see what I'm saying, um, mm. they're looking for talented people who will do what they want, but they aren't going to be distributing their favors fairly. Now, many people go into uh, you know a job in a working for a large corporation knowing that. So this is just your reminder. If you didn't know that, here's your wake-up call. They're, they want something from you. They want you to kneel down and, and beg for the, the coins they're going to give. And they will give them. Um, but it is not. this is not in keeping with that first card, which is a card of exploration and, and making your own way and being, being, you know, being brave and, and innovative. This is kind of like that job may be such that after you've been there for a while, you know, you're just going to be like, man, I'm just serving this master that doesn't really play fair with all of the employees. Just saying, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take the job or want the job. It just says be aware when you go into this job that this job is not going to be, um, you know, life on a silver platter here. They're going to demand a certain level of mm, fealty, servitude. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah. And I think that I kind of got that. I'm sorry, I kind of got that because when I went in and I told them I was after my PhD, they were like, "Uh, are you going to be able to lock time to this? I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, there's, a, there's a whole thing. They, they're looking for people who kneel at their feet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, the third, mm-hmm. the third card is another wand card, and it's very similar to the first card. So the third card is called the Six of Wands, and here we see the adventurous person on a horse, and they have won an award. It's a leafy crown, and um, 
it could be an academic crown, a military crown, or an athletic crown. In the old days, oh, kings wore golden crowns and warrior kings wore iron crowns, but those who won at an event wore a crown of bay laurel leaves. So this person's got the leafy crown of, of having one achieved something academically, militarily, or athletically. Very much approved of. There's friends cheering, five friends going, yay, yay. And this person's holding a pole. And on the pole or wand is another leafy crown. And so we call this victory through competition. In order to get where you want to go, you also have to kind of be better than somebody else. It's not just about spreading your wings and saying, hi, look at me, I can fly, but it's, you're going to have to fly a little bit higher. You're going to have to fly, fly a little bit stronger than somebody else to be picked and selected. Yet, it's a very, very good card and portends that in the end, you will have a lot of success. Now, unfortunately, the first and third cards are not big money cards, and but the middle card is. What I'm seeing here is that in your search for prosperity, um, that this corporate job may be work for a while, but what you really want is fame, publication, success, acknowledgement, and that you can have. Okay? So I'm going to turn this over to John, and he's going to do a reading for you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Gatt. Thank you, Ms. Gatt. Um, Justin, I have um, I have a reading here for you. Um, I want to tell you overall, it looks very good. It looks very good. Um, I have, my first card is is the stork. Is the stork. Um, I'm, re- I'm reading a um, the Black Hand Lenormand, which is a combination of a Lenormand deck and a playing card deck. It gives me a, a great deal of flexibility. And I have the stork. And um, this this shows that there's going to be changes in your life and relocation. Uh, very likely you'll you'll relocate um, if if this plays out, and um, I believe you're going to relocate um, uh, as a result of work, and uh, it's going to be long term because the storks uh, the stork is a bird that mates for life, and uh, so th- this can imply a long term change, and it's a it's a meeting of the souls as well because I believe that this is a job that you're well suited for. Um, so I believe that it is going to work out um, in a way that's well suited. This is a job that's well suited for you, and it could work into something long term. There may be relocation and change for you. It's a dramatic change. That's one of the things that's implied here, and I'll, t- I'll tell you why I think that in a minute. There's a your your past is behind you, your future is ahead of you, and there's a dramatic change. It's going to require a lot of uh, uh, adjustment. And uh, I want to tell you, my middle card is the three of spades. There's a lot of implication here in relation to the other um, cards. There's going to be sacrifice involved in this. Some of the you're going to have to let go of some stuff. Um, uh, some of these things are uh, it's going to be hard to let go of, but it's for the best. And I'm also going to tell you that uh, this card is also related to my last card, which is the snake. And the snake shows rivalry. And uh, I believe that this has come down. They're considering three people. It's it's very close. Um, it's a very uh, uh, contested position. Um, there's strong competition for this position. It's very close. They're consi- they, I believe that according to my reading, they're considering you and two other people, and it's very, very close. Um, 
because we had the snake, the uh, insert is the queen of clubs. Um, uh, one of the one of the people may be uh, doing all sorts of uh, underhanded and uh, uh, whatever it takes to get this position, which means that uh, you may have to really push for this job. You you may have to really do quite a bit to um, uh, come out ahead on this. I, I think you're very close. From what I can see in my reading, you're very close, and you might have to go the extra effort to prove that you'll do whatever it takes to, to be a player for this company, that you really, really want it. Uh, it does look good. I'm going to tell you that I did a cut on the job, and um, I get the three of hearts. Now, in a four-card reading, to get two threes is very good. We look for these convergences. Um, we look for things like this, like if you were playing Texas Hold'em and you got a pair out of four cards, this is like hitting a jackpot. This is a very good sign. The three of spades turns into the three of hearts, which means that your heart is in this. It, it's joy in your heart, and it's a transition. You're in the middle of the two hearts. You're the one in the middle, and it means that the, the joyous parts of your past manifest in the future. The three of spades means that the sad parts of your past don't necessarily have to go into your future. The past doesn't have to predict the future. The things that have hurt you in the past that do not have to manifest in the future. This could be, uh, you, you say it's a game changer. Um, it could be more than that. It could be very transformative for you. Okay. Wow. I, I just want to point out here, too, that um, what I saw with the six of Pentacles was similar to that idea with the snake, an unfair distribution of resources. He yeah. saw three people in competition. I see two because that's what my cards show. But, again, there's there's other people being considered here, and there's an unfair distribution of resources. So I would recommend some magic to move yes. you forward to get where you that's need to go. <laughs> now, we're going to turn this over to Ollie, and Ollie's going to give us some uh, success magic, I hope. Yeah, I'm we I'm going to speak a little bit fast so just because our time is running short. So anything that you miss, you can catch in the archive, so bear that in mind. What I want you to yes, do sir. is get the logo of, of PlayStation right on the back of this what you want. You can print this out from the internet, very easy to find. Um go on right what you want. And then I want you to take uh, a little bit of honey and dab the four corners of this. Stick your photo on top of the logo so that they are face-to-face -face with one another. If you have the name or the business card of the person who interviewed you, you can stick that in there as well. You're going to fold this up, place this into a jar with a little bit of sugar. You're not putting a lot of sugar. This is in a big sugar jar. Just a little bit of sugar to sweeten things. You're going to add in five-finger grass, bay leaves, deer's tongue, and cinnamon. This is all going to be going in loose, not in the packet itself. And you're going to close this up. This is a shaking jar. You're going to shake this every day as you call out and say, uh, PlayStation or so-and-so, you're going to hire me. You're going to give me what I want. You are going to see the value in my work. Uh, and so on and so forth. And you're going to shake this up, building up that power as you do so. Uh, the five-finger grass, bay leaf, deer's tongue, cinnamon, all in the sugar, all are gained towards them being favorable towards you and giving you the advantage. Now, the next step is I want you to get uh, dirt from the four corners of where you're going to work. If it's going to be a physical place, 
see if you can go out there and grab the dirt from those four corners. And you're going to place this inside of your left shoe. You're going to take your shoe. You're going to pull out the little inset. You're going to pull it up a little bit and stick the dirt underneath there. So you don't want to walk on loose dirt. You want to stick it in between there. And you're going to put it back down. And what this will do is it will place the spirit of PlayStation under your feet, giving you power over them. This is going to be on your left shoe for domination, for control, gives you the influence that you need. As you've done this, you're also going to fix your right shoe because Miss Cat has indicated that while this place might be a good place to start, there isn't, there's some problems there, that there may be some constraints there. They may not be as equitable there. So we're going to work towards future success, even if it's outside of PlayStation. So you're going to write down a list of what it is you truly want out of a career. I want the opportunity to be famous. I want the opportunity to make six figures, so on and so forth, close to home. All that you're going to write down, go to the crossroads, gather a bit of dirt. You're going to five-spot that piece of paper with uh, attraction oil or dust it with attraction powder. Put the crossroads dirt in it. Fold it up, and in your right shoe, you're going to lift up the little inlet, and you're going to inset, and you're going to put the piece of paper underneath there. Uh, close it back up. This way, every time you walk, your left shoe will dominate PlayStation, while your right shoe will lead you to whichever career path that you want to go on. This is a way of continuously working towards your success, and I always advise clients to do this type of working so that they have the immediate job in front of them is the job that they get and that they can continue to get a steady paycheck from while consistently working for something better, bigger and better. Now, if it happens to be PlayStation, great. You'll have that with that uh, right shoe. It will just help you move up into the ranks. But if another job comes along the way, then you need to be open to the possibility uh, and opportunity that it, you might need to go elsewhere. This is why we work both feet with this particular working. And it's three workings, but I do think that this is going to be ideal in helping giving you the advantage uh, in this particular situation. I think the bumper music is up, but maybe if someone wants to throw in some last-second recommendations. No, this is great. And this, these two things, uh, these two feet, one of them is like the um, page of wands, and the other exactly. one is like the six of wands, and I really like well, that. Well, that was inspiration. Ah. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. And um, Lovely. Yeah, I think this is this is excellent work to get what you want. The only other thing I might think is if if you need money uh, as part of this, you might also just fold a coin in that right foot shoe mm, insole um, packet. Just say, I want more money. Okay. Wow, that was nice work. Thank you, Ollie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Take it away, Papa Newt. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is calling in from area code 631 in Indiana. This is uh, Tamara. Tamara, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Uh, Now, I see that you have been on the show before, but you are calling in on a different topic. Is that correct? That's correct. 
All right. Looks like you have not had any readings with Ms. Kat or Conchman Ali or any other readers and root workers in this situation. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> Thank you. And she writes, I'm having a problem collecting a judgment against a former subcontractor. Both the magical and mundane work I did to win worked perfectly, but now I am going on seven months of her not paying and not showing up to uh, consecutive court dates. I'm unsure if there if there is anything I I did wrong magically or if anything is blocked blocking the situation because the work I'm doing to get paid seems to not be going anywhere. Turning back to you, Miss Cat. Okay. Um, so, um, Tamara, I've got a couple of questions before we're going to turn this over to Ollie for a reading. Um, when did you? Uh, how? Long, well, let me ask you this. The judgment against the former subcontractor, How you said the Monday the magical work won, worked perfectly, so you won some sort of a judgment? Yeah, so it was a small claims judgment, and um, she didn't show up, so I won automatically. Um, ah, but, and but she still hasn't May. paid. Okay, right, I and got I that. feel like I keep throwing things at it, but I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong here. Okay. So yes, yeah, so you you it, that's the question. Did you do work to win, or did you work did you work to get the money? And can you refocus the work from winning now to get paid? All right, right. I will turn mm-hmm. this over to Ali and see what he has to say. And the question was, did your Thanks. work work? But it did, but it may have been focused a little strangely. Okay. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a look here, uh, Tamara. Let me ask my own uh, questions real quick. What sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Capricorn as well. Hmm. You're a Capricorn. So this is the Capricorn hour. Uh, and <laughs> roughly, roughly how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I am 45. 45. Okay, so well out of that in return. So we've, I've pulled three cards here. Um, you shouldn't have any difficulty uh, getting what you want. It, it may move a little bit slow, but you will be successful. The very first card that I have is the strength card. The strength card tells us that the work that you did was successful, that you were able to tame the situation, you brought spiritual power to bear, and that spiritual power was successful. The fact that this person didn't even show up to their uh, to court is a good thing. It's an indication that you were victorious, um, but that you, this is a matter of going up against someone else's will. And uh, we've discussed this on this show that there is a difference between kind of general attracting work and uh, working against somebody. I believe Miss Cat once uh, likened it to uh, planting seeds and tending it versus playing a football match. You're fighting mm-hmm. against somebody else. So they, this person is resisting, and this person isn't as strong as you in any way, shape, or form. You have power. But whenever you're working against somebody, you're working against someone's will. So you can dominate, you can control, you can be successful, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get them to bend over backwards right away. They're going to huff, they're going to puff, and they're going to grumble along the way. And that's what's happening here. You were victorious, you won, but this person isn't going to uh, kowtow right away. They're dragging their feet. The good news, however, is that even regardless of that, that you will still get what you want. It's just going to take a little bit. And that's confirmed with the next two cards. First, we have the Ten of Pentacles, uh, which shows us a wise ancestor watching on his descendants at this beautiful little Italian uh, uh, town surrounded by golden coins. You will reap what you have sowed, but it will take time. 
You will get what you want, but it will take a little bit of time. So be patient here. Uh, it is a matter of, of time. I know it's frustrating. You've worked at this for seven months and you want the money. It will come your way. It's just a matter of reorienting. So you are going to do some pay-me-now work. Uh, you're going to up the ante a little bit on this. There's some really good pay-me-now spells that involve just the right amount of heat and just the right amount of coercion that will help to put pressure on this person spiritually to come through. Uh, working with your ancestors here can also be the key, asking them, hey, I am owed something. Help me to get that thing that I am owed, some ancestral work. Uh, will be useful here as well. The combination of the two, this reorienting towards paying you now, a little bit of ancestor work is going to get you what you want. And the final card is the Knight of Cups. The Knight of Cups is a person who has very bravely and steadfastly walked through the desert holding a golden goblet in their hands, unwavering in their faith, unwavering in their resolve, and now they are reaching their goal, which is an oasis from which they can refresh themselves. So you are coming to the end. This is the end. You're in the end game. Be patient. You're almost there. I suspect that it's only a matter of, of a month or two more uh, before you fully get what you want. So you're, you're right there. You're right on the edge. Uh, and all you need to do is remain steadfast in your faith. So you've got a timeline. A month or two is the timeline, as well as some recommendations. Reorient your work towards uh, pay me and ancestor work, and that will help to turn this situation around. But know that you are, you're, you're going to be victorious. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to John St. Germain, and then Ms. Kat's going to give you some root work advice. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tamara, um, you did work for money, and you did work for court case. Um, I want to ask you something. I, the first card I cut to was the Queen of Spades. Did you all used to be friends? Uh, I wouldn't say friends, but friendly. She was my mentee, so I was like her. I was her mentor. So you were, you were like, yeah. you were kind of like a big sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, did you do reconciliation work? Did I do reconciliation? I think she's she's holding this out because of resentment. Her uh, there's hurt feelings here. Um, mm -hmm. uh, um, so I think the very first thing um, would be to try to mend the relationship, and then you'd get your money. She's holding it out. It's a uh, I don't like the word passive aggression. It's not. It's not. It's more than that. It's hostage. She wants you to. She wants to. Uh, her feelings for you were deeper than you might have thought. This is mm -hmm. because I'm going to tell you my reading. There's uh, sure. the fish, the letter, and the heart. So I, I think you'll get your money. Uh, I think you'll, you know, you got the settlement. Um, she's got the money to pay you back, but I think that what she wants is a reconciliation. She wants an apology. She wants a uh, um, a healing of the relationship. Hmm. This That's is what my spirits are showing. This is what my spirits are showing me. This is not about the money. This is about mm -hmm. um, hurt feelings. She's like a spurned lover, almost, or like a mother-child or a sibling. The, the, mm. This is like a family thing. Um, this is a relationship issue, not a money issue. This is what mm -hmm. my spirits are showing me. Sure. Mm. I mean, the money's technically stolen, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. don't know how to. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know um, if, if I can do that, you know, in a spiritual way, or you know, me going and saying I'm sorry. There, there's, not. Well, there's a there's a part of it that can be spiritual, yes. Um, yeah. And some of it will have to be done in the mundane world. Um, um, 
you might have to be the bigger person. She's got emotional problems, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, it's kind of a forced friendship, uh, which is one of the things I wanted to talk about earlier, a forced friendship. And um, you might have to be the bigger person here. Um, I don't know about saying I'm sorry, but, you know, to extend olive branch and say, you know, I don't want to be your enemy. Um, and, you know, we can we can be friends about this. And, um, uh, okay. you know, I, I know you, you might be hurt. Uh, you know, use diplomacy and, uh, and, and, and some spiritual work as well. I think as long as you're combatants, it would be really hard to get your money back. But I think mm-hmm. if you can mend the fences, um, you'll, you'll find that uh, it, it'll go a lot further. Okay. Hmm. All right. Now, um, I'm going to ask a couple of questions here myself because um, I, I heard both readings. And um, I think I think there is a an issue here that um, John has identified um which is uh there is an emotional component. Alia says the Taurus in me is like, nah, just force the lady to pay the stolen money. When you call it stolen money, did she actually physically take physical currency or was it a promise to do something and was paid and didn't do it? It was um to be helpful, I allowed her to pay for her mentorship via PayPal. And mm-hmm. when I could not, when I had to terminate her for the reasons that she had to be terminated, she got upset, went to PayPal, said she, you know, PayPal is a service that protects the buyer, not the seller. Yeah, right. I and understand. So, so she did a chargeback you know, on PayPal. She did a chargeback and, yeah. Mm. That's and the, yet you had provided the, the services. Yeah. Yes. That's going to be, yeah. that's a very difficult situation. Now you got a yeah. judgment against her. I'm going to, I'm going to say that, um, that this shows that obviously she, as John pointed out, she had a, an, there's an emotional wound there that she's feeling because you terminated her from the mentorship. She feels she deserves to take back all the money, no matter what you gave her, what what time you extended to her, what, what supplies, what teaching materials, whatever right. it was you gave her, she wants that back. I've had students yeah. like that myself, and I know what it, why it happens. Mm. They think that by buying a mentorship or you know or getting involved in a mentorship that you're, they're actually getting a friendship and um but it should be mm-hmm. an exchange on a different level if a friendship develops that's different so this mm-hmm. is going to be a very difficult situation because this person has this feeling of aggrieved uh victimhood that they're using as a shield right now mm-hmm. i'm going to say one one thing that um that you know, literally, if you can't get a judgment any other way, uh, go to Judge Judy or one of these shows these that will do a small claims court um, thing because she might be interested in doing it just for the opportunity to appear. I don't know and pay you off. But as it is, the other possibility about extending friendship—not so much friendship—but like, do you really want this judgment on your permanent record? Let's get this settled. Okay. Right. And right. um and and explain to her that for her career, I I don't know what your career is, but for her career, and uh, you know anyone looking into her will find that there's this criminal judgment or or civil excuse me civil judgment against her, that and try to convince her of that. Now while we're right. doing all of that, let's talk about um how to work this. I would um use um some way of representing her, a photo or a doll or whatever you're going to have to represent her. And I would presume this to be a very severe pay-me type of situation. I would um, make the doll or the photo or whatever, and I would surround it um, 
by a, a little ring of fire, um, you know, like the old song by Johnny Cash. You know. uh, you know, pour, out a, pour out a little ring of fire, but don't burn the thing now. We're just talking about a ring of fire around it. So mm-hmm. do this on a big old concrete slab or a gravel driveway, and you're going to pour out a little bit of uh, Florida water, just make a little ring of fire. Or you can use any kind of like sterno, anything. It'll just set a little blue blaze on fire, you know, mm-hmm. brandy, mm-hmm. anything like that. And you're going to put this doll in the middle, and you're going to uh, have this doll sitting and looking at that fire and say, look, you're surrounded by a ring of fire. And um, and you want to put that fire out uh, quite a ways from the doll. And you say, now, um, I'm I'm letting you see the fires of hell. I'm letting you see what could be what's going to be your outcome here. I'm not going to burn you. When it burns down naturally, you take the doll and you say, now, now listen to me. Um, I'm going to call you and you're going to have seen those flames. And I'm going to call you up. Contact, whether it's phone, text, however you do. I would prefer phone. Because when you have her on the phone, I want you to be squeezing that doll. Just squeezing it. And saying, okay, you you understand that this is going to be a permanent situation where, where you've you know been like this. Please, please rectify this. And maybe offer a compromise. You know, give me three-fourths of the money or whatever it is. But I do need to have, you know, I deserve my pay. I have not publicized your name, but this is in a permanent civil uh, record. Um, and squeeze that really hard while you're talking to her. Mm-hmm. And then say, and see what she says. If she says, no, I just don't have the money, then you ask, when will you have the money? If she gives no date, well, then you're going to just have to keep on trying to burn her until you finally burn the doll up. But mm-hmm. um, if she sets a date, I will pay you. Try to work out a payment scheme. You know, pay me $100 a month, pay me $25 a week, whatever it is. Because once you get her to start paying, it's easier to enforce it. Um, if she has you blocked, if she has you completely blocked and won't talk to you, you're going to have to be a little harsher and um, maybe singe. If you make a paper doll, singe it a little bit. Um, I'm sure you can look at that pay me, uh, Green Devil Pay Me My Money spell. It's online okay. at my uh, site. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, um, I actually looked at that. Yeah, I put it in a couple of books too. Um, and, um, you know, that's that's a very good spell to singe someone. But I wouldn't go to singeing her first because she was a mentee. Right. She she was looking up to you for some reason. Right. On the other hand, if she is so um, mentally disturbed, and we're kind of getting, got that impression from both of these yep. readings, if she's so mentally disturbed, then um, I would say you might want to just drag down her reputation and have your satisfaction that way because there won't mm-hmm. be any other satisfaction and your only satisfaction will be warning the rest of the public. And yeah. that's a you know, that's a thing that you have to consider seriously. Um yeah. I have a I have a list of people who have done um chargebacks on me that were totally unjustified and I keep that list in my database at my shop. These people will never be served by me again. It's like an 86 list at a restaurant. Once they do an, an unjustified chargeback, um they are uh, toast, you know. They will never be served by me. Now I'm only one shop. They can go to find another shop. But if someone calls and asks me about them, they say, "Well, do you know if you know, so-and-so XYZ is, has ever defaulted on you or charged back uh, irresponsibly, I will say, oh, yes, I have a list. And you can um, – <laughs> uh, there's a couple of laughs in the background because that list is not just private with one person. And any good – depend. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, no, no, shush, shush. 
any good um, <laughs> industry, any industry, whether it is occult products, whether it is root work, whether it is plumbing and uh, heating and air conditioning, whether it is um, academic, uh, whether it is uh, bookbinding, it doesn't matter. Every industry has its list of bad clients and bad suppliers. And yeah. you can you can explain to this person, here's a free lesson as my mentee that I'm going to give you. Your name will not be confined to my lips only. Your name will be noised mm. abroad. And if you pay, all is well. But if you don't pay, your name will be known among those who work in whatever field it is that you, Tamara, are working in. Mm -hmm. And whether it's Mm. tarot card reading, whether it's sex work, whether it's, uh, you know, it it doesn't really matter. Whether it's making beautiful mission-style furniture, your name will be known. And that's not a threat. That's a statement, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm. So, um, and if you, to me, that's one of the things you're going to tell that doll, right? Your name will be known. Your name will be known. And I, and if you, just like I said, a ring of fire is a good way to wake them up. Uh, squeezing a doll is a good way to, to do it. If you have something personal for her to put in the doll, so much the better. And um, okay. that's how I would work it. Does anybody else have anything to add on? How about you, John? Gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty comprehensive, Miss Cat. Doll works really strong. You know, okay, well, Ollie says he has I, a suggestion, so yeah, let, let, a, let him a, jump a, in. A real quick suggestion. One is a practical one. Every time you call her, follow up with an email. This creates a track record and that you can mm. use for any type of future kind of course. The second is take the judgment, uh, make a copy of it, uh, burn it to ash, and take it to the grave of an ancestor, a very powerful ancestor, which I saw as one of the key helpers in this situation. If you can't find an uh, ancestor, work with a police officer. You're going to bury the ash in the grave, give them a couple coins, and say, here, I hand this over to you to enforce if you can get to her or her physical property, then gather a bit of the dirt of that ancestor and leave it on her property where she will track through it. And the spirit will act as an enforcer for the situation, ensuring that she has to pay you back. You can even mix the dirt with a little pay me uh, or pay me now uh, in uh, sachet powders. But working with an ancestor as a spiritual enforcer can help you in this. That's fantastic. That's really good. And and also you could take it to her ancestors. That's the thing, not just yours. If you take your ancestors, you know, your grandfather's graveyard dirt and then carry it to her ancestors' grave and saying, look, Grandma so-and-so, look what a shame and a scandal your daughter has become. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. And bury that in the grave of her grandma. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to turn this over to the fabulous network schedule scheduler. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. 
all time specific, Ad Free Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee. Take it away, John. Well, thank you, Newt. Um, this is a, a vanishing oil for your uh, neighbors. The um, um, it, It's a very old recipe. I, I don't even remember where I, I got it from. Someone showed it to me, and uh, it works really well. Um, you get... Uh, three whole cloves, um, two cloves of garlic, and um, uh, anywhere from a quarter to a half tablespoon of basil. And you, you grind it up, and um, you mix it with oil. You can use it as a powder, but the oil, the carrier oil, um, uh, helps keep it whole. And uh, you you put some of it on the doorknobs and windows of uh, the neighbor you want to get rid of. And... Uh, with security cameras and stuff, you know, you don't want to be sneaky about it. The uh, you just put some on your hand and you go knock on your neighbor's door uh, like you're giving them something. Um, you um, just open their door. You know, you you knock on the door and put your hand on the doorknob. And the windows can be a little trickier, but um, um, you can manage it. It can be managed. And um, uh, what I've always done with it. We had some terrible neighbors. They were meth dealers, and uh, I'd just go and put an X on their window or a five spot, and um, uh, you know I, I didn't worry about them catching me doing it because you know they were meth dealers. <laughs> 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 what were they going to do? But um, uh, I guess it's a form of uh, uh, hot foot, I guess, but uh, it's not the same ingredients. But um, well, some of them are, but it's uh, banishing oil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, can I can I jump in here because sure. the use of basil may confuse some people because basil is used for a happy home, but basil right. is also mm-hmm. used for protection. And there's a very old old statement: basil cannot stay. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, evil evil cannot stay where basil has been. And right. so, basil it's related to yeah. high saw. Yeah. So basil is used for floor sprinkles. For instance, if a bad person comes to your house and you don't like them, you can take crushed basil right out of your spice jar and just sprinkle it all over the floor and then sweep it out the back door because evil cannot stay where basil has been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have another one if we have time. Um, yeah, keep going. Okay. This uh, Sometimes you have uh, neighbors that come over to your house and they won't leave. They're for, they force themselves on you. They're forced fr- friendship. And forced friendship is a is a particular uh, bug in my ear. I really don't like, like it. People tell me about it a lot. Uh, but this is a bat's blood formula. You take, uh, you have three parts. You have a, a third myrrh, uh, a third of dragon's blood, and a third bayberry. And then you put a couple of drops of bat's blood in it and you mix it with just enough oil to make an ink, and then you write their name on a parchment, and then um, and then you treat with the five spot with the banishing oil. You treat the parchment with the banishing oil. So you've made uh, two types of banishing, basically, and then you bury this parchment. You roll it up and bury it on your doorstep. And unwanted visitors um, have a very hard time crossing over that. And what was the third ingredient? It was bat's blood, myrrh, and what? Well, well, there's myrrh, dragon's blood, and bayberry. 
and then you put a oh, couple I, of drops I said of bat's blood. blood. I'm sorry. It. So it's not. So it's yeah. it's dragon's blood. Okay. Dragon's yeah. blood, myrrh, dragon's and bayberry. Blood resin. Yeah, and bayberry. Then you put a couple of drops of bat's blood, and you mix it with oil, just enough ah. oil to make ink, and then you know, mm-hmm. dip your quill in it and write their name on the parchment. And then you treat Got a five it. spot with banishing oil. You go one, two, three, four, five, and roll it up. And then you bury it under your doorstep. And, uh, you know, spit on it if you want to. That They'll have a mm-hmm. very hard time crossing over that. Wow. Okay. And, Got and if they it. do, That's they good. won't stay. And each time they come over, they get more uncomfortable, and eventually they'll leave you alone. Got it. Wow. Wow, that's that's a good one. I like that a lot. And, um, you know, there's another one that I like, a very simple one to get rid of bad people in your house. It's to salt your broom. Just If you got nothing else, just take some, take your broom in your kitchen, turn it upside down, sprinkle salt in the fibers of the broom. It should be a corn, a real corn broom, none of these plastic brooms made in China right. with those blue right. plastic handles. You do not want those in your house. You want the real broom with the broom straw because it has a magical quality. Plastic fiber does not, and the blue plastic uh, rod, no, 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 you want the wooden rod. This is stuff that has meaning, yep. and you're going to sprinkle yep. salt in it and stand it upside down, mm-hmm. and it will leave your get, home. Get a, new, get, a, yeah. get a new one every year. Yeah, get a new broom every year, that's right. Um, but it should be a, a real broom. Um, how about you, yeah, Ollie? A company. Do you have any? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. There's a company in Wisconsin, I think, that, uh, that makes. Is it in Wisconsin? They make the genuine corn, the genuine husk broom, whisk. Broom. Oh, you can buy them. You could buy them at the local feed store and hardware store. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you can find them. Um, I we get them down here in Santa Rosa, just at the Western Farm. <laughs> How about you, Ollie? Uh, do you have a do you have one uh, one to throw in here? Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm a big fan of the broom and salt. One of the ways that I was taught is that once you've uh, turned it upside down, you can also sweep once they leave. Once they've left ah, the yes, house, yes, yes, yes. you uh-huh. sweep, and that's the way of saying, don't you ever come back. Um, and mm-hmm. banishing is really good in, in these instances because you don't always always want a hot foot left and right. Hot foot means something. There's a, it's a form of crossing. Uh, if you've ever seen someone who's actually been hot-footed by someone who knows what they're doing, it's it's powerful. It makes people it, le- it leaves people homeless. I mean, the very first uh, working that I did, I, I told, told this story before, was a foot washing, and it was for a person who had been hot-footed, and he spent years homeless as a result. Um, mm-hmm. So hot-foot can be kind of harsh, and if you don't want to do that with your neighbor that you, uh, is annoying but isn't evil uh, or by guests that are uh, a pain in the ass but they aren't evil – Banishing works wonders in that regards, and broom work is a really good way of it's very forceful, it's strong, but you're not out there cursing them for life. You're like, get away, mm-hmm. don't come back, go live your life elsewhere. Yeah, and um, yeah, try try salt, try an egg, um, and mm-hmm. oh, I got to mention about the egg, which we had mentioned before. Um, in the chat room, I was saying, you know, if you write with the egg and with a sharpie or a marker, people can read the names on the egg. And it was Luminaria Star said you could write with lemon juice, which is invisible ink. And so mm-hmm. that's a nice, very nice touch. And to write their names yeah. in invisible ink or, or um, lemon juice on the egg, it'll never be seen. If you throw that egg white crayon. House, what? White, white crayon. Well, Black crayon, they'll read their names. You see, that's the thing. They might recognize your handwriting. We're no, trying to do crayon. this. Oh, a white crayon on a white egg. Yep. Yes, I yep. I have blue eggs and brown eggs, so I don't. A white crayon won't work for me. <laughs> Match your crayon to your egg. Um, yep. 
All right. Well, there are some really good ideas. Um, and uh, I, I thank you very much, John. And like I said, we promise we're going to come back with part two of this topic because there is really a lot more to say. We'll try to schedule it for January or February, I hope. Okay, and, great. Uh, and it'll be a, it'll be a neat. We just we got a million of them, folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know where to find me. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, in the chat room, uh, Nagashiva is writing blue crayon, blue egg, green crayon, and green egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ham crayon on ham eggs, right? Okay. Um, and uh, and reserve the hot foot for later, um, at the end. Um, all right. Well, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newton. Hope we gave him enough time. Let's see what happens. <laughs> thank you, Janet Contramanoli, and thank you, John St. Germain of JohnStStGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Woodworkers will be Mama E of ConjureDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing the topic on the Day of St. Lucie. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat by the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraman Ali at theconjureman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Pop New, joining you from popnew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive by luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Papa <laughs> Newt. Thank you, John, for being our guest. Thank My you, Ollie. Yeah, thank you, Ollie, Always for co-hosting. And um, hope you learned a lot, folks. And um, anybody who um, wants to help out a friend, Angela Marie Horner's dog, Penelope, needs some uh, serious vet bills paid. And if you go to her Facebook page, she has a GoFundMe there for Penelope's veterinary care. So I spread it out on my Facebook page. Maybe you all can just send her a few bucks. It would help. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye.